your Bibles. We are going to look at a number of different passages uh, this morning. Uh, this is a part of a series of sermons starting in Genesis chapter 1. We're still in Genesis chapter 1, and it's like three months later, but I'm not going to apologize for that. This is one of a number of sermons that deal with the whole concept of male and female as God created us from the very beginning. It is not a concept that the world uh, continues to accept on a, on a large basis because they've got it all messed up. And uh, distinguishing characteristics are no longer uh, seen as God's design, but a mistake. And I can decide what I want to do, what direction I want to go, who I want to be. And God says, no, the way I've made you is the way I want you to live. I'm not going to be able to cover everything. I have exactly 29 minutes. I'm not going to be able to cover everything about the whole concept. But there were three other sermons so far that were a part of this. If you ever want to check, you can go back. They're online. You can pull them up and listen to them. We looked at one sermon on uh, Mother's Day that dealt with some of these principles. We're not going to rehash those. We looked at the whole concept that God has made us in many ways the same, equal in value and dignity, equally responsible before God, those types of things. Last week, we looked at masculinity. That one's not so difficult for me because I can say, nope, here's what us guys are like. This one today is the toughest of all of them because I am not female. Don't pretend to understand females uh, or anything else like that. But I do my best. Guys, do your best. Women, help us. We need it badly. But today we're going to look at all things female because God has a design in mind. He, For all eternity, he had design in mind for masculine and feminine and he took that design uh, that that design and made us in a form that can carry that out and in the form that you were created or born in the, your cases that is the form that you are to function in that's how you function today we're going to look at how god has designed females to function one of the words that you're going to hear me say over and over again, no apologies, is the word nurture. The word nurture. Don't apologize for that. Because the way God has designed you, ladies, you from the very beginning have been designed to be nurturers. Whether it's unborn babies or born babies, or let's face it, in any household, if you're not doing your job, the whole thing is going down fast. And I've seen that. I've seen what happens uh, when women do not step up and do what God asks them to do, and that is nurture their families. Men, we are to be, by God's design, the spiritual leaders. You ladies know, I've heard it in my office so many times, if the husband won't step up and be a strong spiritual leader in the household, it's frustrating. For the wife, for the children, for everyone else, it's frustrating for the church. But we need to understand that God has designed us differently. I'm going to point some of those things out, point out the strengths and the weaknesses. Obviously, if you were here before, you know that the whole 
concept of masculinity, when it is tainted by sin, becomes macho. I'm the boss. I'm in charge. I'll do whatever I want to do, even rough, run roughshod over other people. Hey, I'm bigger and I'm stronger and I'll do what I want to do. That's not the biblical mandate. That is not the biblical design. And women, you have power too. In fact, there's my bottom line issue, or the bottom line principle with men and women is God has designed you to be strong. Strong in the function, the design, and the form that he has made you. The strength will come in different ways. Men, you are to be strong in the Lord and leaders in spiritual things and other things. Protectors and providers. Women, your strength is in relationships, in communication, and obviously, as I already mentioned, in the whole concept of nurturing. When you put those together, you have a very, very strong family unit. You have a strong church. You have a strong society. And that's what I'm going to try to get across today. A couple of things that we've looked at in the past. A very interesting verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 13. It says, be on the alert. And by the way, this is written to all Christians. Be on the alert. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men. Be strong. It is not saying women are to act ma- masculine. It's simply saying, act like men. Men, you're supposed to be strong. You're supposed to take the lead. Women, you should be able to look to the men in your life and say, wow, that man is doing what God asked him to do, and that's a really good example for me in who I am as a woman. Because notice it says, act like men. It doesn't say become masculine. Act like men. How do you act like a man? Be strong. So for whether it's men or whether it's women, we are to be strong. I use a verse in counseling over and over again. It's from Ephesians chapter 6. It says, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. And you know what? I use it most times in talking to females. Because somewhere along the line, they have gotten the idea that since I'm not a man, I'm less than and I don't have to have a backbone. The fact is, over the years, the past 26 years that I've been a pastor, I don't know how many times, I can't count them, that I have looked a woman right in the eye and said, my job today is to give you a spiritual backbone so that you will live out the femininity, the femaleness that God has designed you to live out, that you would function the way God intended you to function, to be the contributing factor in your marriage and in the church and in society. God wants you to be strong. So I don't back off from that strong. In fact, is in this case, it's telling women and children, look at men. Here, you can take from their example, and hopefully men, they can take from your example. But there's an interesting thing when you flip it around. There's a verse. You might think I'm a little crazy right now, but 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 7 says this, very interesting verse. Nobody ever accused the Apostle Paul of being a wimp or not being masculine. fact is, this guy took more beatings and more hassle and more uh, persecution than any person should be able to stand. And he was like that old Timex commercial. He took a licking and kept on ticking. He just kept going. But this is what he said 
to the Thessalonian church, a church that had all kinds of issues. That's what he said. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 7. He says, but we, him and his uh, companions, we prove to be gentle among you as a nursing mother tenderly cares for her own children. In this case, God says through the Apostle Paul, uh, guys and everybody else, take women as an example to encourage you in how to live and be strong. Because he says, and that whole concept of nurturing comes out right here. He says, look at a woman who is nursing her child, taking care of her, providing everything that child needs. You understand, we didn't come here in here and have a spiritual two by four and beat you over the head. And we didn't bully you. And we, didn't. we came in and we took you right where you were and helped you along, just like a mother does their child. Wow, what a concept. So women, guess what? You have a responsibility to be an example to those around you also. To show that nurturing and use it to the fullest. In the past three weeks, I've dealt with three women who packed a suitcase and left. Just said, I'm out of here. Praise the Lord, all three of them came back. But you know what? They bailed out. They left their kids. They left their husband. They just bailed out. It's, it's, it's a horrible situation. Women, you are to be strong. And in those cases, in fact, is Jesus actually exhibited and, and taught a characteristic that's really unique. In Luke chapter 13, verse 34, he says, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often... Would I have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you would not. Jesus takes a female concept, one providing the nest, providing for the children. He says, I wanted to just spread myself over you, protect you, and give you guidance, and you simply would not. Femininity is not something to be run away from. In fact, is in a few moments we'll we'll look at that. In fact, is as men it becomes macho when it's tainted by sin, femininity becomes crass, flirting, promiscuous. Because guess what, ladies, you know it by your dress, by your demeanor, by your your view of what's going on around you. You can control the situation. All of you know it doesn't take much to get attention. God designed you that way. I have no problem with that. I I like ladies. I like that they look good. God planned it that way. But you can take that femininity, what God has made you, how He's formed you, you can take that and you can try to control your world around you. It really doesn't get you respect. It doesn't get you a whole lot of things, but it does get you noticed. You can get your way for a while, but it's not God's design. God's design is much, much greater than that. In fact, is going on and looking at what um, is possible. By the way, I, I do need to do this real quick. I did this before, but a lot of you weren't here. You were at Sacandaga. But there are two views of men and women, two basic views. Complementarianism, simply this. And I believe this is the biblical concept. 
It's, God has created men and women as equals in value and dignity. That's absolutely true. But distinct and complementary in their role and their position. We are not the same. But we are equal in the sight of God and our value. This one here is one that is shot through the world. The world has basically accepted this one. And much of the church has gone right along with them. I'm not even going to try to pronounce it, but it simply means equal. The last part is true. We are equal in value and dignity. I already stated that. But they go way further than that and say God intends men and women to be equals in life, church, leadership, and marriage, as well as value and dignity. In other words, there's really no difference. And that is not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches something very different than that. Today, we're going to look at some of those things. And again, we will go by what I'm going to put in front of you here. This is kind of an outline for the rest of what I'm going to do. And my time is going very quickly. But families are to be nurtured by women. Led by men. No doubt about it. That's what God says. Men, man up. In this case, nurture up. You are the one, the glue that holds a lot of things together. Women were designed to complement men. Not to rule over them, not to be stomped on by them. But to complement them. If you want something that keeps it in mind of how this works, Eve was created from a rib, from the side of a man, not from the foot or not from the head. Complimentary. Man was perfect. Adam was perfect, but not complete. Why did he create Eve? To complete Adam. Complimentary. Not competing, but working together. Let's face it, when you work together, it works a whole lot better. It works the way God intended it. God expects women to be strong. I already went over that. The curse obviously has affected all creation and women now have the pain of bearing children. And as I already mentioned, the Bible says that there is the concept of be a man, be like a man, be strong. But there's the concept of check out how women operate and nurture and make sure you're gentle in that strength. The whole concept of femininity is sometimes just this real little narrow kind of thing. It's like, this is feminine and this isn't. I propose to you the same as I did about masculinity. There's a wide spectrum. There are biblical distinctions, no doubt about that. But in that, there's a wide spectrum of what that looks like. And we need to be careful that we do not make cultural things biblical things. But whatever you do, do not get rid of the biblical distinctions. That's the important part. Because we can look at somebody, and I just put some pictures up here of things that you go, oh, well, you know, women have a secondary role. When do you guys try this? You know what? We got a problem, okay? Or you may not like this picture, but this is a famous Norman Rockwell picture. You know what it, what's called? Rose. Uh, yeah, you all knew that. You know what? You may not like that. You may not. You say, well, that's not feminine. You may think that, but I'll tell you what, the guys that were fighting in World War II were glad she was back there putting the rivets in because they wouldn't have had something to fight with. Okay. Or I wouldn't get one without the ABCs there and put that as a VBS teacher. 
<laughs> I've taught VBS, and I've seen what at the end of one or two weeks of, of dealing two nights, uh, two hours a night with children, you get to the end, you're going, boy, this was great. I'm glad it's over. You know what? Or how about dealing with a class full of children? And let's face it, this nurturing thing comes right down to families and schools and Sunday schools. Um, I am so glad that God has given us women because they do a whole lot better job at dealing with our young people. Don't go reporting me to children and youth, but I've told people in tongue-in-cheek, you know what, it's a good thing you didn't put me in the nursery or the toddlers or the kindergarten because there'd probably be dead dead children going home. I would not abuse your children. But man, that is not who God made me. Women do such a better job of that nurturing those young lives and teaching them. And I was looking for a picture, and I couldn't find it, of a mom with just a bunch of kids. But I found one much better than that. I found this diagram. Mom and dad. I'm hungry. Where's my shirt? Can I? Is dinner ready? I'm cold. I can't find my... And dad, where's mom? I'll tell you what. Anybody agree that's a little bit the way your family operates? Yeah. Okay. And uh, that's the truth. And I thought that one there kind of covered it real well. Let's look at how women can use... And by the way, the whole thing I told you is strength, power. How do women use their strength, their abilities... In the wrong way, and then we'll look at the right way, and then we'll look at the biblical concepts. First of all, they can use their power by being sexually provocative or promiscuous, and absolutely can control men. Doesn't work, but they can control. They can also do that by the way they dress uh, to get attention. Uh, they can do that, and they can get a lot. They can get a lot. No doubt about that. They can also go in the other direction and put on a fast. A, False masculinity. It's like, you know what? I don't need men. I'm going to do it myself, and I'm, I'm going to just be like a man. Truth of the matter is, it doesn't work. You weren't designed that way. And fact is, it got to the point, and it's still around, is uh, the women's lib is like, we just want to eliminate men totally. Get rid of them. Uh, it's just the wrong use. But if you don't think women have power... Forget it. The old saying is, the man may be the head, but the woman is the neck that turns the head, is not too far off from real practicality because they have an ability and they can wrongly use their power just like men can. Women, because they are more verbal and more communicative, they can, and the Bible warns against this, being contentious and nagging. Truth of the matter is, they can out-talk us any day of the week. And seriously, and that's not a derogatory thing. It's the way God designed them, and I'm, I'm going to touch on that in a moment. Uh, but uh, some women just get detached. I already mentioned three in the past three weeks just packed up and left. It's like, hey, you know what? I'm just checking out. Um, and that is manipulative. It's, it's like throwing an adult temper tantrum uh, in that way. But uh, they can also, uh, because of their ability to be verbal, the Bible warns women over and over again. It doesn't ever talk about men and how they dress. It does with women because God knows how he's designed men and how he's designed women. But also, the thing that God deals with with women is 
Watch your tongue. Now, he deals with that of all people. We all have to answer for every word we say. But he deals with women in a way that he doesn't with men. When we get to Timothy and Titus, you'll see that. Um, But one of the things that I have found, and in the past month or two, I don't know how many people I've said, and most of them women, not all of them, there's some men too, is you need to get rid of your Facebook page. You need to get rid of it because all it's doing is causing you and everybody else around you a whole lot of grief. I'm not anti those things. But use wrongly, they cause problems because women are better at communication and unfortunately this allows communication of personal things in a very impersonal way without immediate consequences. But the consequences afterwards are huge. How do women use their power um, in a positive way? First of all, I believe that beauty, and I'm telling you, no makeup and no fancy dresses will make up for this, but an inward confident attitude of, I'm glad God made me a woman. I am glad who I am, and I am glad for what God has made it possible for me to do. And you know what? I am just going to live that. And by the way, I don't mean proud as like women against men. I'm just like, no, this is who God made me. And I am glad that this is who God made me. That shines through in every possible way. That's the way. Obviously, I said, and I'm back to the verse I said, is that... By nurturing those around you, your families. It's by design. It's by function. To be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. To have a spiritual backbone. To not just, well, I'm just a woman. I can't do anything. And pawn off responsibility on other people. Don't do it. God didn't design you that way. Use your ability And women are much better at this. They start talking much sooner than boys do. They learn faster than boys. And they talk a lot more. You know the old saying, and I'm not sure how true this is, but in my case it's pretty true. It says that women speak 50,000 words a day, men 25,000 words a day. And by the time they get home from work, all but 75,000. Of those words have been spoken by the man. And in my house, my wife definitely speaks a lot more when I come home than I do. I do a lot more listening. Because in my case, I use a lot more than 25,000 words in a day as a pastor. But you know what? You can take that ability to communicate and you can, cause, you can make bridges between people. You can help people to solve problems. Or you can take it for gossip and slander and busybody and everything else. You can just do that. Um, in those ways. The ability to be a helper should never be seen as a secondary task. Whether it's a pastor or a husband, it doesn't matter. Without the role of women in their lives, they cannot accomplish what God wanted them to accomplish. Being complimentary is not secondary. That just isn't true. We are equal in value. Obviously, glorifying God in everything that you do. And then using that female softness and sensitivity with emotional stability. Not hysterics and those kinds of things. Not going in all directions. But using that ability. Look at any mom and any dad of how they react to the children. And you will know what I'm talking about. We react a whole lot different than the other one. We absolutely do. Use that to the fullest.
And just remember that being responsive is a part of the completion, part of being the helper for those uh, of the male gender in society. One of the things that the Bible says is that women are to be um, quiet and gentle. But it says, not in personality, because they have the same range of personality that men do. But in spirit, it's a whole concept, a whole way of looking at life. Obviously, physical attributes are really different between men and women. Uh, The size, the strength, and all those kinds of things. Even things like hair, which in women's case has a longer growth cycle. It actually will get longer in most cases. It's not always true. But in most cases, men couldn't grow his hair as long as a, a woman if they tried to because it falls out too quick. But they generally um, are relationship-oriented. Let's face it. They do a lot better job than we do. Men, we're activity-related. You know, we do something together. Women get together, and it's relationship. We use language and we use verbal things to solve a problem. They use it to build a relationship. And, and it goes both ways. But primarily, it's relationships. Women care more about people than a whole lot of other things. We care about the paycheck and care about this and that. Women care about relationships. Guys appreciate that. Women, use it to the fullest, please. There are mental things that are are different uh, in many ways. Uh, Women are much more sensitive. My wife is not emotionally sensitive. Smells, noises, you name it. fact is, she says to me, and I already said it in her presence, is she'll come out to me and say, you're making too much noise in the garage. You're going you're gonna to disturb the neighbors. And I said, the only neighbor I'm disturbing is the one standing here. She never really likes that, but uh, it's the truth. But she is much, much more sensitive to all of those things. And women tend in that direction. They measure their value by the relationships of life um, and the way they do it. In fact, is I use this illustration, and it's not a joke. If my kids call home, and praise the Lord, we have a good relationship with all of our kids. If they call, and including the in-law kids, uh, if they call and I pick it up and they say, is mom there? I know that it's either about kids food, or just the everyday problems of life, or just to talk. If they call and they say, is dad there? It's the house, the car, the world has just caved in. It's a biggie. But they never call, oh, dad, I just called to talk to you. That has never once happened. It just never has. It's so different. But guess what? Nothing bad or good about that. It's just we are different. It's just um, take it for what it is. Fact is, women tend to be emotionally changeable. My, my wife appreciated this one. 38 years ago, we remodeled our house. And we put in a nice kitchen. And 38 years later, she decided that it was an antique and it had to be moved out and a new one put in. That is really changeable. I'm like, hey, the door's still shut. The counter you can set things on. It's not broke. Why fix it? But not her. She had to have it changed. I'm doing this tongue in cheek, so 
She already knows that she heard this. But you know what? But that's literally the conversation we had. It's like, why are we putting the kitchen in? It still works. She's like, it's an antique. It's outdated. We need a new one. I can't clean it right anymore. You know what? We are just different. There's no doubt about that. But now I want to get to the biblical concept, and I am really running down. Those are all biblical concepts, but show you where they're at. So if you would turn to 1 Timothy. And I'm going to do this very quickly. Uh, as I, I'll, I'll tell you the same thing I always do. You can always listen on, on the Internet, but you're going to hear what you've heard from here. But if you want a copy of my notes, which has a whole lot more stuff on it, all you need to do is email me, and I'll send it to you by email. No problem. But uh, the main point here is that God has designed all people, and particularly Christians, to live productively and spiritually and strongly for God's glory, for the sake of the kingdom, for the sake of the church, for the sake of the family, for the sake of society. And Paul is instructing Timothy and Titus, young pastors, of how to instruct their people to live to the fullest. And until I actually did, I knew these passages were here, but until I started putting it together, I didn't realize how much instruction Paul had given to the church that dealt with women. First of all, and we're in 1 Timothy chapter 2, starting at verse 9. He says something there that uh, shouldn't surprise us. He said, I want the women to um, adorn themselves with proper clothing, modestly and discreetly. In other words, women know that they can get attention, and immodesty is one of the ways they can get attention. They get their own way. Guess what? He says that is not a godly way to live. But he doesn't stop there because he goes on to say that women are not to be vying for the position of teaching and having authority over men. Doesn't mean they don't have authority and it doesn't mean they don't teach. They absolutely do. But it is qualified by over men. But continuing on in 1 Timothy chapter 5, it's, I'm I'm sorry, I skipped ahead of myself. Um, in 1 Timothy chapter 3, there it's talking about deaconesses. And you, we could discuss the, the church ramifications for that. But it's giving qualifications for the women that are addressed in this passage. And it simply says this. They are to be dignified, not malicious gossips, but temperate and faithful in all things. Now, if you took what he just said to the men and boiled it down into four things, it would basically come out to this. He said, you are to live in a dignified way, a way that is worthy of respect. If you don't get any respect, it might be because you're not living respectable, not malicious gossips. Remember, I already said, women are much more communicative than we are. They're much more verbal. And that's good unless it's used wrongly. Then it'll get you in trouble because you keep talking when you should stop. In fact, is the word used here is the, the root word for the word Satan. It is something that is slanderous in nature. Mudslinging, if you will, for a common word. It is to be temperate, well-balanced. No woman is just to say, I'm a woman, I can do whatever I want, and I can go here, I can go here, and I, I don't have to be accountable. No, the Bible says you need to be well-balanced uh, in this temperate in all things. And then faithful. The men in your life, the women in your life, ought to be able to count on you. 
Continuing on in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, it says, Having nothing to do with worldly favors, fables fit only for old women. On the other hand, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. Again, this is talking to the whole church, but he's using, he's saying, he uses old women there, and that looks like a pretty unpolitically correct thing to say. But he says, fables fit only for old women. It's like, man, what kind of fable is fit for old women? I started looking this up because I couldn't figure it out. And in essence, it comes down to this. It's somebody that's gotten to the end of their life that they just aren't in control of their lives anymore. Senile. Shaky, not able to control themselves. He says, you can expect that from somebody that's not under control, but that is not the way you're supposed to act, men or women for that matter. He goes on in 1 Timothy chapter 5 to make it clear, and this is for all of us, that he said, hey, teach everybody that they should look at the older women as mothers and younger women as sisters and do it in all purity. Guys, lust and all those kinds of things has no place whatsoever. And women, he said, make sure that you don't set it up that way. Dress in a modest way. Uh, Live in a controlled, temperate way, under control. And he goes on and you say, well, do women have some kind of responsibility? First uh, First Timothy chapter 5, starting in verse 5, says, you know what? And it's talking about widows here. How do you deal with somebody that's really a widow? There's a lot of things here. I'm only going to point out a few things. But he said, you know what? Not everybody gets the status of widow and to be taken care of. He says, women, you're strong. You can do something. In fact, is he said, if you're a widow and you have dependent widows, you should be helping them. In other words, just because something horrible, like your husband died, it happened to you, doesn't mean you're off the hook, that you have nothing to do, no responsibility. Just the opposite of that. He says that uh, whether it's men or women, if we don't take care of those of our own household, we're worse on a practical basis than an unbeliever. Because even unbelievers take care of other people. Um, But he goes on and says, you're not to, this is verse 6, don't give yourself the wanton, unrestrained pleasure. You know what that does? When you're unrestrained, unreasonable, and excessive in your life, notice what it says. That person is dead even while she lives. The living dead. Their life's worthless. It's, it's just not what it should be. And it goes on to say that in verse 10 that they are to have a good reputation in doing the right things as well as doing beneficial things to help others and reaching out to other people. Women have a responsibility. Right there is a whole bunch of them. Uh, taking care of those in distress and, and welcoming strangers and those types of things. And then he goes on to say, and you know what? Make sure of who you put on there that uh, they are indeed widows because if they have nothing to do, they'll go around as gossips and busybodies and talking about things not proper to mention. In other words, not everything should be passed on without a doubt. And they have the power to do that. And he goes on to say, and this is very interesting in verse 16. If any woman who is a believer has dependent widows, she must assist them that the church may not be burdened so that she may assist those who are widows indeed. In other words, if people have a need, as women, and women of this church really do that in a lot of ways in helping other people, but reaching out and helping other people. 
so many other things. In Titus chapter 2, uh, there is probably the one that I preached on before. But there it says that the older women are to encourage the younger women. You need to pass on what it means to be a woman. Us guys can't do that for our daughters and other people. You women, older women in particular, need to pass that on to the next generation. So they're not confused. So they know who they are. So they know God's plan for their life. You're instructed to do that. It also says that... Um, a whole lot of other things of being workers at home and being kind, being subject to their husbands. Why? So the word of God will not be dishonored. Guess why? God made us distinct. He made us different. Not better or worse, different. Different is just different. It's not good or bad. It's different. That's what God asks from us. But I'm going to close with a verse, and I'm way over time already. But Proverbs chapter 14, verse 1. I think caps this whole thing off. It says, The wise woman builds her house, but the foolish tears it down with her own hands. Let me tell you something, ladies. I told the men last week, man up. Ladies, <laughs> can you woman up? I'm not sure if you can do that or not, but anyway, I guess that's where I'm at. But notice what it says. You have the power to build. You also have the power to tear down. It's whether you live in wisdom or you're foolish. I'm telling you, there's a lot of foolish women like there's a lot of foolish men. I don't want you to be one of those foolish. I want you to be strong. I want you to live to the fullest. I want you to make it clear to the world that it's great to be a woman. God designed me this way, and I'm going to function this way. And I'm going to live to the fullest. And I'm not apologizing. Men, you already know I challenged you last week. That's what you need to do too. But yeah, we all have the power to tear down. But we absolutely, by God's power, by faith in God, have the power to build up. Ladies, that's your challenge. Let's all stand together. Father, thank you so much that you're clear. And Lord, we have just touched the surface of all these issues. But Lord, I hope we've touched the high points to help us to know who we are and to live that out with the power of the Lord by faith, using what you've entrusted to us for the good of everyone else around us. And Lord, there is nothing more feminine than a woman who is living life to the fullest for her Savior, for her reputation. And I pray for our women today that we would do that, they would do that. And I pray for our men that we would be the spiritual leaders, the strong, protective, providing ones that give the stability and security that makes all of these things work together. Lord, thank you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless.